If you are a guest with us this morning, I want to welcome you once again to Providence Road. My name is Blake Hildenfeld, one of the pastors here, and we are going to try something a little different uh, this morning and potentially the next uh, few weeks. Uh, as most of you know who have been with us before, uh, we typically do our, uh, our meet and greet time uh, at this time, but what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to push that towards the very end of our gathering, and there's several reasons for that. Uh, one, we just start thinking about you introverts, and I think that you're pretty thankful for that time of moving that towards the end. Uh, I'm just playing. Listen, we value that time, all right? So we, we value the time of, of his people uh, greeting one another and showing hospitality and welcoming each other. And so we value that so much that we want to push that towards the very end. And I'm going to explain more uh, towards the end of what, you, what we want you to do. But uh, we want to give you space, more than just like 30 seconds of welcoming each other. We want you to welcome each other at the end. But we want you to continue in those conversations to really get to know each other. And, uh, and spend that time together. So uh, I'll explain more of that uh, as we, as we kind of continue through our time. And so if you do, you know, most of the time you kind of get water or coffee. If you need to get that right now, that's fine. I go to the restroom real quick. But uh, yeah, so that's how we're going to kind of move forward the next couple of weeks. Uh, if you are a guest, there is a, uh, a card like this, maybe on your seat or the seat next to you. If you would fill that out and drop this, uh, this portion like this, uh, there's a basket back here in the connect area. Uh, if you'll put that back there, that's our way of following up with you, of connecting with you. So we want to do that. Um, also back there, you'll find some gospel resources. You'll find uh, ways to get connected to the life of the church through our missional communities. Um, and also you can give tithes and offerings back there uh, in, the, in the box. Uh, all right, so if you um, are a guest, we have been going through the book of Romans. And so we find ourselves... And uh, in chapter 12, we've been in chapter 12 for several weeks, and so uh, we're kind of about to, uh, to, to wrap cha- chapter 12 up. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to, to uh, Romans chapter 12. We're going to be in verses 14 through 21 this morning. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. There's one um, on your seat. See next to you. Verses will eventually be on the screen. But I do encourage you uh, to open up a Bible and turn with me to uh, Romans chapter 12. So let's start reading. In verse 14, Paul writes this. He says, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. And if possible, so far as it depends on you, live live peaceably with all. Verse 19. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. For do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let's pray. Father, as we just heard your word, we find that this call to love our enemies and to bless those who persecute us, to be a very difficult calling that you have placed upon our lives. 
And so, Father, as we dive into your word this morning, we ask that you would meet us in our pains, that you will meet us in our wounds, that you will meet us in our bitterness, that you will meet us in our unforgiveness that we may have towards those who have hurt us in our lives. And that you would bring us by your grace to this place to be able to respond as you have responded to us with mercy and grace and forgiveness. So, Father, we are in desperate need of you for your spirit to, to, to work within our hearts, to do the deep work of bringing healing to our hearts and souls that may have been wounded deeply by those in our lives that we deeply love. Or maybe total strangers. For as we're going to see, and as we all know, Father, that we, we're, we're not immune to the hurt and the evil done to us by others. And this call, oh, Father, this call is tough. It's hard. But may we be overwhelmed by your goodness towards us, that you have shown your enemies, that we may respond as you have responded to us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, some of you may remember uh, this horrific event that took place back in 2006 when a man walked into a one-room schoolhouse in a tiny Amish community in Pennsylvania. A man goes in and he shoots 10 girls and he kills five and then he turns the gun on himself, leaving behind um, a wife and three young children. Now, needless to say, this is a horrific and evil act. Uh, to take the lives of five young innocent children is the work of Satan himself. And I can't imagine uh, what it must have been like for one of those parents and what it must have been like to live in that community. I mean, the thought of someone taking the life of one of my kids causes so many deep, deep emotions uh, to stir within my heart and soul. But as I have responded or re as I have reflected on this event, I've asked myself, how would I re would have responded if I was one of those parents whose daughter's life was cut short at such a young age in this tragic and horrific way? And, and how would you respond if you were a parent or if you were a part of this community? Here's how the Amish community responded to this horrific and evil act. The same day of the shooting, many of the people within the Amish community went to the home of the killer's family and embraced the widow and the three young kids in their sorrow and their pain. And many people within the community donated money to the killer's family. And even the families who's lo who lost their daughter and, and buried their daughter on that same day, they went to the killer's funeral and they embraced and they hugged and they, they mourned and they wept with the killer's family. I mean, in the, in the midst of their grief, in the midst of their pain, they did not point for, uh, fingers, they did not cast blame, they did not hold a press conference desiring vengeance. Instead, they responded in grace and mercy and forgiveness. They blessed those who persecuted them. But how? How could they do this? How could they respond in forgiveness and grace and mercy? I mean, how were they able to respond with compassion and goodness to the evil that was done to that community? Listen, every single one of us here this morning We've experienced the, the, 
the pain and the hurt and the evil done to us or someone we love by another person. Now, it may not be to the extent that happened to that Amish community, but we all have tasted pain, haven't we? We all have tasted the hurt done to us by someone else. Maybe it was a parent. And maybe some of you are experiencing bitterness and anger this morning to a parent that hurt you in the past. Or maybe it was, maybe it's a spouse, or maybe it was an ex-spouse, maybe it was a total stranger, maybe it was a close friend who is no longer a friend anymore. They hurt you, they rejected you, they caused you pain, they took something in your life that you, that you desperately loved. You feel like in many ways they have destroyed your life. But here's the question. What should be our response? What should be our response to those in our lives who persecute us, to those who do us wrong? Listen, we find the answer to these questions in our passage this morning. But let me just say this right from the start. The answer to this question and how we are to respond is not an easy answer. It's not an easy response. In fact, it's an impossible response on our own. Because as we're going to see, it is not the, the natural response of the human heart to bless those who persecute us. It takes the very work of God within our hearts to respond to the, to the way in which our passage is calling us to respond this morning. It takes the very work of God whose nature is full of mercy and love and forgiveness, but also justness that will enable us to respond in the way in which our passage is calling us to respond this morning, to do the hard work to bless those who persecute us. And so, this morning, we are invited to dive deep into the impossible. But as we're going to see All things are possible with God. And he promised us this morning to meet us in our pain. He promises to meet us in our wounds. He promises to meet us in our our bitterness, in our unforgiveness, and bring us to this place to be able to respond to our enemies with the same response that he has given to his enemies, you and me, to respond in mercy, to respond in forgiveness to respond in blessing, even to those who do us wrong. So you guys ready? You ready to dive deep into the impossible? You, you, you ready to find maybe some freedom this morning from bitterness and, and, and anger and, and desiring maybe for vengeance and payback? This is where God wants to take us. So let's start by looking at verse 14. God says this, He says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. He goes on to say in verse 19, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head and do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So it is very clear that in this passage, in this this calling that God is, is placing upon our lives this morning, we see two ways to respond to those who persecute us or do evil or hurtful things to us. 
So the first is the response of the world or the response of the human heart. And the other is the response of the kingdom of God or the heart of God. And so the response of the world is what? It is not to bless. It is, it is not to desire good for those who do us wrong or to hurt us, but the desire, the natural response of the human heart is to curse our enemies. So the, so the natural response of the human heart isn't a desire for mercy. It's not a desire to do good to those who do us wrong or to our enemies, but it's a desire for, for, for vengeance. Like we don't want good to come to our enemies. We desire payback. A couple weeks ago, I had the opportunity to go to this camp in Kansas and speak to youth who are in the custody of the state of Kansas. So their parents have essentially disowned them, and now they belong to the state. And so over the course of the weekend, guys, I I heard painful and horrific stories, stories after story of parents choosing addictions over their kids. I heard stories of parents beating their own kids. I heard stories of parents forcing their kids to steal for food. I've heard stories of fathers who essentially just rejected their kids and never a part of their lives and heard stories of uncles who molested their uh, the kids throughout the entire year. And so as I heard story after story of these evil actions that were done to these precious kids who did not deserve for these evil actions to to be done to them, I found myself hating these parents, to be honest with you. I didn't desire mercy. I, I didn't desire good things to come to them. I wanted payback. I wanted wanted them to to get what they actually deserve. I want them to taste what they have done to their kids. What about you? Who has hurt you? What do you want for them this morning? Who is your enemy? Who has come against you? What is your desire for them this morning? Is your desire for them blessing or is it curse? Let's be honest. Is your desire for them mercy or forgiveness? Listen, as I told these kids, I will tell you this morning, if you sit here this morning and you're still experiencing and tasting the pain of the evil or the wrongs that someone else has done to you, let me just say this loud and clear. I am so sorry for what happened to you. I'm sorry. You didn't deserve it. It wasn't right. But listen loud and clear, vengeance isn't the answer. Because listen, if we cling to it, if we long for payback, if we pursue vengeance, this is what's going to happen. It's 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 going to crush and it's going to kill your soul. And maybe some of you are actually experiencing that this morning. Maybe you still have unforgiveness and maybe you have bitterness in in your heart towards someone in your life that has done you wrong. And you're you're in this place of bitterness that seems to, to be overwhelming you and enslaving this morning. And you are desiring vengeance. You are desiring payback. Listen, you must let it go. You must lay it down. Because if you don't, you will never, ever, ever, ever find true freedom for what they have done to you.
forever. And it will continue to enslave you and it will continue to infect every part of your life because the desire for vengeance is like this deadly disease. If it's not treated correctly, it's going to overtake your life. And some of you may be experiencing that this morning. You may be tasting that. That you've held on to unforgiveness, that you have come to this place of bitterness to something that may have happened to you years and years ago and it has consumed your life and it's crushing you. And it's overtaken you. There's a reason why he says, do not be overcome by evil. And if you're desiring vengeance and if you're desiring payback, what you're actually doing is you're getting in the same boat as them and you're just exchanging evil for evil and you are being crushed this morning. But listen, you can lay vengeance down because there is a cure. Because there is one who will avenge every wrong done to us. Paul says in verse 19 that vengeance belongs to God. And what this means then is God is this mighty warrior who fights against the evil that has been done to you or someone else. He is the great king that will make right all the wrongs that have been done in this world. He fights for us and eventually one day he is going to win the battle. But the question is how? How is he going to ultimately win the battle? How is he ultimately going to avenge the wrongs that has been done to us? And how do we actually come to a place of healing? Anyone want to come to a place of healing this morning? If you're tasting unforgiveness, if you're tasting bitterness this morning, who wants to be free? I know I do. I I don't want to, to be in this place of hatred towards these parents. I mean, is there somehow some way for us to come to this place to be free from the shame and to be free from the pain that has been caused to us or done to us by someone else? Is there, uh, is there a way to come to a place that I can, I can actually desire blessing and I can actually desire good for these parents even after all the horrific things that they've done to their, to their kids? I mean, is there, is there a way that, that you too can actually come to a place to desire blessing and desire mercy and desire compassion and forgiveness to those who have done you wrong or someone else, you lo- someone else that you love? The good news for us this morning is there is a way. And that way is to see the response of God towards evil. The way to mercy and forgiveness is to taste and see the mercy and forgiveness of God that he has shown to his enemies, you and me. So the way to to desire good for our enemies is to see the good that God has done to you and me, his enemies. This is the way to freedom. Freedom from bitterness. Freedom from anger. Freedom from the wounds of our past. Freedom from desiring vengeance. Freedom to actually desire good to, to those who have wronged us. The way to bless, listen very carefully, the way to bless those who persecute us is to see what we actually deserve but we don't get because of God's great mercy to us in Christ Jesus. That's the way to bless those who persecute us. So beloved, Let us think about the way that God has responded and that he will respond to the evil of the world. Let us think about the way that God has treated you and me, his enemies. Think about it just for a moment, that God himself 
He took on flesh and blood. And what did he do? He came to you and me as a peace offering in and through his son, Jesus Christ. And so picture the light of the world, the one who created all things. He came into the darkness. But what happened? His creation hated him. The light of the world came. And, and, and his own creation should have loved him, but they rejected him. We have rejected him. We have hated him because the reality and the truth is our hearts do not love the light. Instead, our hearts love the darkness of evil. And our hatred towards him should cause him not to pursue us. But it didn't stop him. Our own hatred towards God should have caused him to destroy us for our love of darkness and the evil within our hearts, but he continued to do what? He continued to respond in mercy to us, which led him to the place of the cross, and upon the cross we see and we hear the very heart of God, which says to us in Luke 23, verse 34, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. As the hatred of the world was being spewed upon the very Son of God. As God himself, the creator of of all things, was being nailed to the cross. And his his own creation that he deeply loves and his enemies were mocking him and making fun of him and spitting on him. He did not respond in vengeance, did he? He didn't respond in vengeance saying, give them what they deserve. Instead, he said the most beautiful and the most unbelievable and the most amazing words, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Forgive my enemies. Forgive those who persecute me. Forgive those who mock me. Forgive those whose hatred towards you has placed me on the cross. Forgive those whose hatred towards one another will will, will eventually crush crush me. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. When we look at the cross and we see the God-man Jesus Christ, we see the mercy of God. And he's saying this to us this morning. He's not just saying it to to his enemies who were there. He's saying it to you and he's saying it to me this morning because it was the sin of the world that placed the Son of God upon the cross. It was your sin. It was my sin. It's the evil things that you have done to others. It's the evil that I have done to others. It's the, the evil that our enemies have done to us that put the very Son of God, the infinite valuable Son of God upon the cross and the wrath and justice of God crushed him. Why? So he could be perfectly just and not giving us what, uh, what we deserve. And that is payback for what we have done to the wrongs that we have done to others. You see, listen very clear. The reality for those who persecute us, but also the reality for you and me is justice will be done. We all deserve for all, to, to pay for what we have done and our hearts long for this for our enemies, but here is the hard truth. We all deserve justice, you and me. We all deserve justice for what we have done because the truth is we all have been hurt by someone else, but we also have done the hurting. No one in here this morning is immune to harming and hurting another person. We all have fallen short of loving others as we should. We all have been someone else's enemy. 
And payment for our actions will happen in one of two ways. Either you and me, our enemies, will suffer for what they have done and what we have done, separated in a, uh, from God in a, in a place the Bible calls hell. Hell is real, and it's a place where all evil will be casted out of his presence to, be, to, be, uh, to, be, to, to reside for all of eternity. And as God is revealing to us this morning, and I, don't, I know we don't like to talk about it, but his wrath is real. What does he say? God says, vengeance is mine. He says, I will repay. And this is coming from the very, very mouth, the very voice. This is the, the word of the Lord God Almighty. God promises that justice will one day come. And one day, all the wrongs that have been done to us and all the wrongs that we have been done to, to others will be avenged. You deserve this. I deserve this. Our enemies deserve it. We're all in the same boat, guys. We're all in the same boat heading for the waterfall of God's eternal justice and wrath because of what we have done. And if we don't see that, then we'll never, we'll never ever see the sweetness of the mercy that God offers to us in his son, Jesus Christ. We'll never see the good news that there actually is a way for us not to get what we deserve, that we, there, there is a way for us to escape God's vengeance. There is a way for us to escape the wrath of God that we deserve all through the person and work of Jesus Christ. There is a way not to get what you deserve and I deserve all because God himself got it for us. That if anyone, that you or me or a parent who chooses addictions over their kids, and I know this is really hard for believe, but even a, a molesting uncle can escape the vengeance and wrath of God and taste the sweetness of his mercy in his son, Jesus Christ, all because the sinless Savior was crushed on our behalf. And he got what we deserve so that God could be perfectly just in giving us what we don't deserve, and that is life, and that is joy in his presence, and that is a relationship with him, and that is to enjoy his presence forever, not be casted out of his presence for eternity. All because of the precious Savior, Jesus Christ, was crushed on our behalf. But listen, if a person refuses to find mercy in Christ, they are choosing to one day be crushed under his feet and be casted out into eternal misery and darkness forever to pay for the wrongs that we have done to his beautiful children. That's the reality. That's the truth. So the question is, have you tasted the mercy of God in Christ? Have you tasted it? Have you received the blessing of God in Christ? If so, do you understand that you will not get what you deserve all because Christ Jesus got it for you? Do you see that you don't get what you deserve all because Christ Jesus did not say to his father, Father, give them what they deserve and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Father, I will take their place. Father, I will take all the wrongs that they have done and I will take it upon themselves and I will pay for what they have done. I will receive and taste and absorb your wrath for them so that they would never taste it. Have you tasted that? 
Do you understand that? Have you received that? Then if so, beloved, how can we desire vengeance? And how can we desire justice for our enemies? If we've tasted that. Listen, this is where I find myself this morning. I do want earthly justice for those parents. But I want them to taste the sweetness of the mercy of God that is found in Jesus Christ. I don't want them to get what they ultimately deserve, and that is the wrath of God. I don't want this for my worst enemy. I want them to taste the mercy of God that I am myself a sinner who have done so many horrific things to other people that I deeply regret that I have tasted. I deserve God's ultimate justice and wrath just like those parents. I deserve wrath, but I don't get it all because my precious Savior got it for me. And because of this, this is the cry of my heart this morning for those parents. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They are blinded and their hearts are full of of hatred and evil just like mine, but you have changed my heart and you've given me eyes to see my wicked ways. So Father, convict them of what they have done. Father, break them for the things that they have done to their kids. And Father, but don't give them what they deserve. But Father, grant them repentance and faith that they may taste the sweetness of your mercy in your Son, Jesus Christ. But may they weep for what they've done. May they weep with their kids who are actually weeping over the actions that they have done to them. And may they seek reconciliation for their kids. May they seek forgiveness from their kids. Listen, this this is my heart for them this morning because of, why? The mercy of God. I'm finding freedom this morning from my hatred towards them. And I'm at this place this morning where I actually desire good for them and a desire for them to actually find mercy in Christ Jesus all because there is no hope for them apart from Jesus. There's no hope for your enemy apart from Jesus. And if they don't turn to Christ, then they will receive what they ultimately deserve one day. God's vengeance will one day come. So what about you? Does the mercy of God that he has shown you in Christ Jesus change the way that you see those who hurt you? Does the goodness of God towards you, his enemy, change the way that you feel towards your enemy? Do you desire even for your worst enemy to taste the mercy of God? If so, then how might they come to taste the enjoyment of the mercy of God in Christ? We bless them. We bless them. Why? Because they deserve it? No, but neither do we. We feed them. Why? Because God has given us the, breath, the bread of, of life in Christ Jesus, even though we don't deserve it. We give them something to drink. Why? Because God has given us the endless fountain of his mercy in Jesus Christ, even though we didn't deserve it. We serve them. Why? Because God came and he served us, his enemy, and he came and he laid his life down to pay a ransom price for our sin to redeem us, even though we deserve to pay it. We forgive. Why? 
Because the infinite valuable son of God was crushed so God could be perfectly just in forgiving you and me. And by doing so, what do we do? We put the glory of our great God in display for all the world to see. By blessing them and by feeding them and serving them, we become like our Savior and King. And by doing so, maybe, just maybe, that our kindness towards them, our blessing them and showing mercy and forgiveness may lead them to repentance. And they may taste the mercy of God in Christ Jesus and glorify our Heavenly Father who is in heaven. This is what Paul means when he says, if your enemy is thirsty, what do we do? Give him something to drink. If he's hungry, feed him. For by doing so, you will, you will heat burning coals on his head. For how did you come to repentance? Wasn't it because of the kindness of God? Wasn't it because of the goodness that God has shown you in Christ Jesus that you find freedom from his vengeance and wrath? Listen, Jesus says to us in Matthew 5, just listen to this. He says, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the, the other also. And if anyone would sue you take, and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles and give to the one who begs of you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. And you've heard it said that you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. Listen, if you have tasted the mercy of God in Christ, then how can we not display it? Right? So in light of this, beloved, this isn't easy work. But how are we to respond to our enemies? Will you stop cursing and instead bless them by showing goodness and giving them something to drink and by, by feeding them? If not, then listen very carefully. Their evil will overcome you. And you will never find freedom for what they have done to you. And as I said earlier, you will just exchange evil for evil. But will you treat them as God has treated you? If not, that you're going to cheapen the mercy that God has shown you and you're going to rob him of his glory. Will you... Bless those who persecute you. If not, then you're choosing not to be like your heavenly father in heaven. And this path will not ultimately lead to freedom in life. But listen very carefully. If you find yourself this morning saying this, I want to be free. I want to come to this place of blessing for my, for my enemies. I want to forgive. I want, to, I want to love those who, who do me wrong. I, I, want to, I want to be like my heavenly father and respond in the same way, to, way that he has responded to me. I want to live a life that is pleasing to the father by demonstrating the greatness of who he is, even to my worst enemies. Then listen, God never promises that it's going to be easy. He never promises that it's going to be an easy journey. It's painful. But there is hope for us this morning to do so because the God who is calling us to, to, to persecute us gives us the grace and the help to actually do what he's calling us to do. And his grace meets us and he helps us 
to do what he's calling us to do, to, to, to bless those who persecute us. And the good news, the, the way this happens, is that the God of mercy actually lives and dwells within us through the Holy Spirit. And so he promises to meet us in our pain, in our wounds, in our bitterness, in our unforgiveness, and he takes us to this place through his Holy Spirit and seeing the way in which he responded to us to this place to be able to actually respond to our enemies with mercy and forgiveness and compassion and desire good for them. So beloved, may we follow the way of our Savior, for this is the way of our Savior. This is the way of our King. And this is the way in which he is calling us. This is the path that we are to go on. If we choose to follow our Savior and King, we are to do the same things that he did for us. It's not like we can escape it. If our Savior and King went through this, you can guarantee that we will go through it as well. And so let us start by doing what he has called us to do. And that is to pray for those who persecute us. When's the last time that you prayed for those who have hurt you? So we start in this posture of prayer. We come to the Father when we confess our pain, we confess our wounds, we confess our bitterness, we confess our, our anger and our desire for vengeance, and He will meet us there. And then we begin to play, pray blessing upon those who have hurt us that they too may come and taste the mercy of God that we have found in, in Jesus Christ. And may we not just stop in prayer, but may we continue to drink deeply. May we continue to think deeply of the mercy that God has shown to us. As we read earlier, the verse from Isaiah where, where God says to us, I, I am he who blots out your transgressions. For my own sake, God says I do it. I, I do it for my own glory to show how great I am. And I will never remember your sins. After all that we have done to our Heavenly Father, to our Creator, the one who created us to know Him and love Him, after all of our rebellion against Him, all of our hatred towards Him, if this is our response uh, to us, may we continue to think deeply about that and drink deeply that that may overflow out of us into and we would pour buckets of mercy upon our enemies. So may we not stop in prayer, may we not stop by, by drinking deeply of his mercy, but may we find someone in our missional communities, may we find someone in our fight clubs to, to confess and to, and to open up about the wounds of our past and maybe the things that we're struggling with for forgiveness and, and, uh, and bitterness, that they too can walk alongside you and carry this burden with us and then together, sorry, that kind of was loud, together, that we may be the people that God is calling us to be. Because the response of the world is what? Is vengeance. It's cursing. But we are of a different kingdom. We are citizens of a different kingdom. And the way in which we are to live, the way in which the church is to display this kingdom is to bless those who persecute us. Why? So they too may come to find the mercy of God in Christ that we have found. I want to close with this story. On August 24th in 2008, in India, there were these radical Hindus that began persecuting Christians in this small uh, village in India. And a pastor who had been there for years and years and years was killed and left behind um, a wife and a son. And so after his death, his wife said, we are not angry. 
We're not angry about my husband's death, though we are grieving. It is painful. We're not angry about my husband's death. And the son agreed. He said, we do not carry around anger towards those who have killed my father. Because my Jesus was once killed upon a cross for all of mankind, for the entire sin of the world. And my father, he said this, my father dedicated his life for my village who still does not know Christ. And he goes on to say, he says, I think that for my village, my father also died. And by the sacrifice of his life, that they may come to know Jesus Christ and find the mercy for what they have done to my father. Listen, this wife and son are just like you and me. They're not some superhero Christian with some out-of-this-world ability. Now, they do have that, but you and I have it as well. The same Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, who lives and dwells within this, within this widow and with this son, lives and dwells within you and me. The God of mercy lives and dwells within us to enable us to respond in this way. So, beloved, this is an easy work. It's painful at times. But when we follow the way of our Lord and bless those who persecute us, why? So that they too may come to taste the mercy of God in Christ Jesus, for this is their only hope. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. Justice will be done. But the good news for all of us, the good news for this world, the good news even for our enemies is that there's a way to not get what we deserve all through the person and work of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we are... humbled this morning, at least we should be, at the reality and the news of what you have done for us and the mercy and the grace that you have shown us through your Son, Jesus Christ. That there is hope for us, that there is good news available to us, that you don't give us what we deserve but you offer mercy to us, you offer forgiveness to us, you offer grace to us, you offer life even to us, your enemies. And so, Father, we're thankful that your son did not say, Father, give them what they deserve. Instead, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus, we're so thankful that upon the cross, you said, Father, I will take your wrath upon myself. I will take all the wrongs that they have done to one another, and I will take all the wrongs that they have done to you, Father, and I will take it upon myself, and I will absorb, and I will take your wrath upon myself and taste it for them. So, Father, in light of this wonderful mercy that you have shown to us in your Son, Jesus Christ, we ask that through your Spirit that we may respond to our enemies in the same way that you have responded to us, to show mercy, to show forgiveness, to show compassion, and bless those who persecute us. So they too may see the greatness of who you are. 
that they may come to taste your mercy, that they may glorify you, our Father in heaven. The night that before Jesus was going to the cross, he was meeting with his disciples and he takes a, a loaf of bread and he breaks it and he says, this is my body which is going to be broken for you. And then he takes the cup and he says, this is my blood which is going to be shed and going to be poured out for the forgiveness of your sin. Jesus Christ is the mercy of God. And so this morning as we take the Lord's Supper and as we see the bread and as we see the juice, let it be a reminder of His great mercy that He has shown you. Let it be a reminder of what you actually deserve but don't get because the Son of God was crushed on your behalf. That his body was broken and his blood was shed to redeem you and save you and pay for what we all deserve. And that is the wrath of God, which we don't get all because Jesus Christ got it for us. And so listen, if you have tasted the mercy of God in Christ, if you have received his mercy, if you are trusting in him as your only hope to escape his wrath and have life with him, then this is what I want you to do this morning. I want you to drink deeply of his mercy. And I want you to spend some time reflecting and thanking him and worshiping and praising him for his wonderful mercy that he's shown you in his son, Jesus Christ. And listen, if you are a follower of his and you are struggling this morning with some sort of bitterness or anger or, or vengeance towards someone else, listen, you can lay that down. Why? Because God will avenge eventually. He will make all things right, the wrongs that have been done to you. And so because of this, you're able to let it go. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to your Father. But may, all this, but, may, but may this also lead us to this place of conviction and compassion for those who have done us wrong and even now begin to pray for them. That they may not experience and taste what they ultimately deserve. And listen, maybe you're here this morning and you actually find yourself being the enemy. That as you were listening this morning, God's word spoke to you. He spoke to you and convicted you that actually you're the one that has done the hurting. And if you have never tasted the mercy of God in Christ, one day you will taste his wrath. One day you will taste his vengeance. And if you find yourself deeply broken this morning for what you have done, that's a good place to be. Because you should feel that way. And you should hear God's voice loud and clear saying, vengeance is mine, I will repay. But you also should hear his voice saying, there's mercy for you. There is grace for you. There is forgiveness for you. For all who turn to me through my son, Jesus Christ, I will show you mercy. I will show you grace and I will give you life and I will wipe away all the things that you have done. Listen, if that's where you find yourself this morning, then you come to him and you confess those things to the God of all creation. And you come to him and you receive the mercy that he offers to you through the infinite valuable sacrifice of his son. It cost his son his life as a result of what you have done. But he offers you mercy and grace as a result of it. So come, come to him. 
And maybe you find yourself being someone's enemy this morning, but you are a follower of Jesus and you've tasted his mercy. Then you come to him and you confess that. You confess what you have done and you receive his grace and you receive his mercy and you go to the person that you have wronged and you confess it to them and you seek reconciliation with them. And if that person's in here, may I encourage you to do that before you even take the Lord's Supper this morning. Make it right. For that person may not be in here. Then after we leave this place, call them. Go to them. And seek reconciliation. Seek compassion and forgiveness as the Father has shown you compassion and forgiveness. And so listen, when you're ready and you've tasted the mercy of God in Christ and you're clinging to him and you're receiving him as your Savior and Lord, when you're ready, I want you to come and I want you to celebrate all that he is for you and all that you have done for you by taking the Lord's Supper. This is a family deal. It's for those who confess faith in Jesus Christ. So that's not you. Continue to remain where you're at and just reflect on what was talked about this morning. So when you guys are ready, come and celebrate all that he is for you and all that he's done.